Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic night of Fandom Access. I am your ever-faithful host, AJ. Greetings and salutations. So, short show tonight. Well, it depends on how long we talk. Um, but we only have two shows. We have uh, the singing episode of Star Trek and the finale of season two. And we're going to talk Guardians of the Galaxy. And look, I already have a co-host. Very excited. Good evening. Hi, AJ. How are you? Oh, I'm great. And I can't wait to talk about Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy fun. last night. Sort of live tweeted you, live texted you while I was watching it. And um, yes. we have a difference of opinion on this movie. So uh, when Jamie gets here, we'll take that first, I guess, right? Yeah, um, yeah, because she doesn't watch Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think I'm an outlier. I think, um, you know, the reviews were generally good for Guardians of the Galaxy. I think, I think most of the critics largely liked it. I think audiences largely liked it. And I really didn't like it. Uh, I mean, I I've had a chance to <laughs> I've had a chance to sit with it a little bit today and appreciate the parts that I appreciate, but yeah, in general, not a fan. Um, I mean, I can't say Guardians is my favorite part of the MCU. Maybe do I have a favorite part? I don't know, but you know, Guardians is it is has always been a little more comedic, right? Than hello. And, Hi, Jamie. Uh, Hello. Hi, Jamie. Hello. How are you? Are you awake, Jamie? Yeah, I'm here. I was trying to do two things at once. I'm here. I had to, I was fixing the phone. All good. What were you guys were you right, talking what? about? Guardians? I wasn't sure what you were we talking about. Guardians. Dancing around Guardians while we waited for you. That's all. Um, oh, okay. Because that's our first thing tonight is Guardians of the Galaxy Part Three. Um, yes. What's that noise? And then we got must be on AJ's super phone. That I was going to say that was that might have been my that might have been my chair. AJ has a very powerful microphone on his end. Um, yes. I'm in my car, but I'm like three blocks from my house, so I promise that any car noise will end shortly. We'll probably lose her in the elevator. This, this time of, this time of oh, year, probably. I have uh, I have boat paddling practice this time of year. On you Tuesday have what? Night. I'm in a I'm in a dragon. My dragon boat team has practice on Tuesday nights in the summer. Okay, you did uh, say what I thought you said. I thought you said boat paddling, yeah. and I'm like, what? You did say I that. Boat paddling. I'm okay. on a dragon boat team, and we have practice this time this summer. We have practice on Tuesday nights. Interesting. Uh, and okay. We, cool. And then. And then we go to dinner, and I'm just on my way home. I'll be home in three blocks, so I promise no, any noise will go away. You're good. <laughs> um, so uh. apparently, I'm just going to say, apparently me and AJ felt a lot different about the movie than you did. <laughs> I, at least I got from yeah, I, I, all your texts. <laughs> I was saying that I think, I think most of the critics generally like Guardians. Guardians gets pretty good reviews. It did okay at the box office. I don't know what it did. I think it did well at the box office. 
you know, I think that most of the reviews that I've read, people liked it. Every movie has flaws, but I think it was well-received, this movie. And I really, I mean, I just kept texting you guys both all night last night about how much I did not like this movie and all the things I didn't like about it. That's, um, that's like, you know, that's like, yeah, you know, I, and I told you, I, I did not, I, I hated a lot of the, the I, well, all of the animal stuff, like I know you did. But I knew ahead of time it was going to be in there because I had been warned from a couple different people and I went and read some things about it because I didn't know if I actually wanted to watch the movie um, because of that. But I actually, I don't know, didn't find that part as bad, I guess, as I expected. But I think that's just because I over (laughs) freaked myself out about it. But that being said, I did not like that stuff. I do not think it was necessary to tell the story. I think it was too sad especially for this kind of movie that's meant to be happy. That being said, I kind of, like, because I know that and, like, I'm more sensitive to that than maybe some people are, I kind of, like, tried to look at the movie, like, outside of that because that makes me not like it. But other than that stuff, I I don't know. I mean, in the majority of it, I thought it was really funny. Was it completely ridiculous and over the top at times? Yes. Like you were saying, like, I know you mentioned, like, Nathan Fillion. Like, that, that's stupid. It was, like, so stupid. But it was really funny, I thought. So, I don't know. Most of it, I, I just, I really thought was funny for the most part, other than the, than the sad part. Um, and it had, I mean, in the end, he rescued the kids and the animals. So, it at least had a, had a good ending with what they could that was left. You know, obviously, the... Um, the animals from before were killed, but um, and those little teeny tiny baby raccoons were so freaking cute. The ones that he liked sure. when he cares all the raccoons at the end, they were cute. Um, yeah. And then the only other, the big comment I had, and you mentioned this too, and I had sort of told you guys what I thought I was wondering about is I also thought it was very strange and kind of dumb at the very end how Groot talks. But I kind of wondered if it was more supposed to be, since this was, like, the end, that, like, making it like the audience was, like, one of the Guardians now. Like, we finally could understand what he said. Like, it was, like, to make us feel, like, part of it rather than he was actually supposed to be talking. Like, it was supposed to be he still said, I am Groot. At least that's how I took it. Um, yes. After I thought about it. You are it. correct, Jamie. So yeah. So I didn't dislike you, it after are, I realized what they probably meant. You You are correct because – that was a, a very common misconception. Like me personally, when I saw it, I understood what the, what he was doing right away. But hearing Vin Diesel's voice, like it's really weird. hearing Vin Diesel, took me out of it for a second. Like hearing Vin Diesel like go, Vin Diesel "I love you guys," I was like, "What the hell?" And but yeah, James Gunn afterwards actually um, did an interview. And he apologized for the confusion, and he thought, you know, his his mindset was exactly that, that, you know, it was for the audience that we could now understand him, um, and it didn't quite go over the way he expected. He didn't expect so many people to think that all of a sudden Groot could talk. Yeah, so you know, he, uh... <laughs> I think it's because Vin Diesel has such a distinctive voice. Like, through all of it, he yeah. says, I am Groot, but, like, it's, he says it in a way that it's comedic and that, but like when he said that, like it just sounded right. like Vin Diesel. Like it didn't even sound like. Yeah, Bruce. exactly. That exactly. Part of, yep. Part of what took it out. Yeah. So I agree with that. Um, but I mean, other than that, yeah. I mean, I, 
I liked it. I'm just sad there's not going to be another Guardians more than anything. I I hope that they appear in other movies, but I get the opinion from things I've read in that. I don't think they're going to, are they? I mean, I think that's pretty much um, it. Well, I mean, the one, the, one, the one end credit, which I thought was stupid, <clears throat> was with uh, Star Wars eating his cereal. And, uh, and then you get the caption that says, Star-Lord will return, which is a, a surprise to me because last I knew, um, Chris Pratt was done. And then they have yeah, that, so I'm not really him. sure. why the rest of them necessarily. I mean, it could mean somebody well, I mean, I know, I, I, I know, I know Zoe Zaldana is definitely done because she hated having to put on the, the, the green paint and, um, Batista is definitely done. I mean, he's he was very vocal about, oh, yeah. you know, about he the whole thing. Um, as far as Rocket and Groot, though, I have a, I feel like Rocket and Groot are going to show up in other things. Um, I don't know about Nebula. I, I don't remember. I haven't really heard anything from um, from What's-Her-Face there. Karen um, Gillen. Thank you, Karen Gillen. <laughs> um, so I don't know. But, you know, personally, I thought, you know, I thought it was a nice ending. You know, I, I like that it, it's not really a twist, um, but it was kind of unexpected that actually, you know, it was it was Rocket's story all along. Like, you feel like, you know, Star Wars, the hero, you know, gets, you know, starts it all, and, and you're following him at first, and it seems like, and everything. But overall, it was Rocket's story the whole time. So, like I said, not really a twist. But not the ending you expect to find out. And yeah, the villain is very over the top and campy. Um, I feel like he's one of those villains that does not translate well from paper to screen because he's very like that in the in the comics. So that guy, yeah. his name is like the Great Creator, or the Grand Creator, something like that is his name. I forget what his name actually is, AJ. And he is a – one of my major objections to this film is how thinly drawn he is and how his motivation, you know, is almost non-existent. Ooh, excuse me a second. Um, and I wonder if you could speak to what he's like in the comic books. Very much like what you saw on the screen. Um, he really? just – he has this – he has this it, – it, it's really it, – it, it, Unfortunately, it just it all comes down to hubris. Like he is just he thinks he's the greatest um, in the world. And by the way, his name is the High Evolutionary. That's that's the High Evolutionary. Himself. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He just he just thinks he is so smart and he's so far above everybody else. And um, you know he you know his you know his entire existence of experimentation and and perfecting things to a point you know. That, that most us peons can't comprehend. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I found him to be, it was hard to to get behind him or get against him, partly because he seemed to exist, you know, purely, sorry about that noise, he existed purely as a torturer of rockets. Um, and his his motivation for like why he wants to create new species, why he thinks there are no, I don't know, uh, 
good enough species in the universe, why he's creating a counter Earth like he doesn't. To me, think, the Guardians I, of the know, Galaxy. Go ahead, finish your thought. Well, I mean, Star-Lord is the only guy who's, like, from Earth, and nobody barely ever comes to Earth, and Earth's not really part of the Guardians of the Galaxy storyline that much, except where they help out, like, Thor and the gang and, you know, in in Endgame or whatever. Um, And then that this guy suddenly is trying to create a counter-Earth and, like, repopulate an Earth and use Earth animals and whatever to try to create this thing. And I'm like, wait, there's, like, a million planets that you could be from or like it just wasn't really like I'm like oh James Gunn just wrote this to try to torture baby raccoons so we'd all feel against this guy but I mean <laughs> I, I really feel as much as I don't love you know, like, what was the point in making human animal hybrids like there wasn't really a point other than he was just nuts <laughs> I well, agree with yeah, you there. Like that so I mean Thanos is not a perfect villain either but I, I feel like Thanos like, I understand him a little more. Like, Thanos was more thoughtful. Like, Thanos is like, oh, I've been all around the whole universe, and I feel like there's overpopulation, and I need to, like, achieve balance. And, like, Thanos had a reason and a plan. I'm not saying it was good, but it was communicated to the audience what Thanos wanted and why. And this guy, the high evolutionary I mean, I guess, AJ, you're right, it's just hubris. He's like, want to create a better species, but, like, why he chose, like, small furry mammals and, you know, why surely there are more highly evolved creatures in the universe that you can start with. Like, like I'm not saying that. Yeah, that's – Like, it purely – No, I get what they're saying. That's that's not really explained, and I don't have an answer. (laughs) And why why a counter-earth – that duck came from that's from the um oh, Howard the duck, the duck? No, Howard the duck? Howard, that was Howard the Duck. Howard yeah. No, Howard Howard the Duck is just a, is is just he's from a, a planet of ducks. <laughs> oh, okay. I just wondered. I just suddenly yeah. thought of the he's duck. Just, Howard the Duck was a movie like a million years ago. Um yeah, and I just felt like this guy, the high evolutionary, like existed only to I mean, I know this was I mean, we didn't really think we needed a a rocket, I wouldn't call it Rocket's origin. It kind of is. It's his origin story told in in flashback. Um, also, you know, I kind of felt like, well, here's a guy who can make his entire lab out of living flesh and bone, right? Like the the plant when they go to invade the Orgo Corp offices, you know, it's 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 made out of living flesh. And I'm like, wait, you can make a like basically a space station out of living flesh and bone, but you can only create like a new species by torturing, I don't know. I guess I felt like James Gunn was being a little too, I don't know. It like seems he was, like it was kind only of, in like, service of making, like, of that part of Rocket's story, and otherwise it didn't make sense is kind of what you're saying. Well, like, like, it was. Yeah, playing to our hearts. Like, it was gratuitous. The torture of the animals, yeah. maybe I felt was a little gratuitous. Um, it was and, a lot and not really having it. So, I don't know. Like, am I asking too much that I should have a fully realized villain in Guardians of the Galaxy? Probably. Um, Probably. So all that <laughs> bothered me. All no, that I see everything me. you're saying, but, like, I don't, like, to me, I Guardians mean, is, like, it's fun. Like, it doesn't have to make yeah. 100% sense, and it didn't really bother me that it didn't. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that that villain was only there to service raw, um, 
Rocket's story, and it was definitely gratuitous, and it could have been done in a different way. And the rest of his ideal of making the planet with human animals just didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. If you I mean, think the yeah. point. Well, the, the thing, he perceives himself as a god, basically, you know? Yes, yes. And yeah. he, yeah, and, you know, and he, 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 you know, it's like he's so egotistical that he just, he's, He's very flat. He's a very flat character. Like he is very one note. He's not a multifaceted character. It's just like he thinks he is. So therefore, everybody else is. You know. And it's you're right. There's not a lot of substance to the character. Yeah. I mean, look. Don't get me wrong. I also hated. Um, I mean, is this guy really the villain or what? Adam, the guy who's totally. Who's totally painted in gold? Who's like a Adam Warlock? Like a he's Adam Warlock. He's almost he's his powers are almost equal to Carol Danvers, as far as I can tell, right? And he has a little stone in his head that looks like Vision with the with the Vision Stone, um, and he's well, super powerful. And I know those gold, that gold woman was introduced in a previous movie, but I found him well, to be a really one. they could have cut that guy out of the entire movie and it wouldn't have mattered at all, really, right? See, I, I I did have a problem with Adam Warlock. Um, I mean, he's introduced back in the first Guardians movie in the end credit. Um, they created yeah. him in, in one of the end credits. Um, so we always knew he was coming. I, I did. I felt like, I said that after the movie, I felt that he was, they did, they did a poor job introducing him. You know, he's originally created to destroy the Guardians. Um, and, you know, and then he basically grows a consciousness. He's like, this isn't right, you know, and everything, which he kind of does in this movie. But I just, I felt like there wasn't enough of him. I felt like he should have been the first half, of the, the, you know, like more of an actual, um, not so much villain, but a nemesis, um, the first mm-hmm. half of the movie at least. And then he could have, you know, changed sides and helped them everything. I would, but I just, I just, I feel like he was underutilized. Like, I feel like it was like, yeah. okay, here's Adam Warlock. Um, now on to the other part of the story. Oh, look, here's Adam Warlock again. And, you know, he'll become more of a character down the road somewhere. <laughs> type of well, feel. Like, I, guess, I really, I, I really just feel like he was underutilized. He wasn't a character so much as he was just a tool of the great cre- evolutionary in this, right? He wasn't really, he didn't really have well, no, Adam a tool of his own. Adam Warlock has nothing to do with the Great Evolutionary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. He he had told. You're right. I, I misspoke there. He's yeah, I mean his, his, his entire purpose is to take there. out the Guardians. Yeah, because yeah. the um, um, but he and I can't think I can't I can't think of their species. But yeah, his his job is to take out the Guardians because they're still pissed off from the first movie, the Gold People. Yeah, yeah. The Gold People. Um, yeah. What and is so, it? I mean, who make this movie wanting to use body paint? No wonder why people don't want to. They want to be in the movie, right? <laughs> well, because it's the characters. I mean, people with regular colored skin. Because in the comic books, because in the comic books, yeah, you got to remember, they're not human. <laughs> no, I know. I just yeah. think it like all the people that have really bad, uh, not bad, but I mean, probably yeah. miserable to have all yeah. I mean, some other things that I, I mean, okay, there are some things I liked, and let me just let me just put my complaints out there, and then we can talk about. Things that I also liked, or maybe just go back and forth. But 
I mean, also, so this movie was like 30 minutes too long, right? Like how many times did I text you guys and be like, oh, my God, there's still 90 minutes left. Oh, my God, there's still an hour left. Like I think they could have – this was a two-and-a-half-hour movie that probably could have been an hour and 45 or two hours long, right? Like there was a – like to me, it was just way too long. All movies are getting way too long, but this movie was overstuffed, don't you think? Like, I, I feel like maybe James Gunn... Feel that way, but it could have been consolidated more. Like, you know, it could have been. Did it need it? Not necessarily, but... Well, you, you could have taken out Adam Warlock. He was completely, like, beside the point of the of the main storyline, right? Although he was trying to come and get... He was trying to come and get Rocket, and it sets the whole thing off, I guess. But um, Or some of the chase scenes, or some of the like some of the gratuitous like let's have furry animals talk to each other scenes so it's even worse when they get burnt up or I don't I, I it, it was long it felt really long to me um and I think I also commented on you guys there were times when I felt this movie was more interested in selling a soundtrack not selling a soundtrack but it was more <laughs> interested in like the music well, than it was in the in the story that's and one thing I'll say has, you know though James James Gunn has Always has awesome soundtracks. Always. Everything he does has awesome soundtracks. It was awesome, and yet it wanders from Star-Lord's time frame. Like, like music has always been part of Star-Lord's story, um, but it's always been that mixtape that his mother gave him. And I get it that yeah. you can't have the same soundtrack for three movies, but it was music of a time. And this mu- I mean, it opens with Creep, right? It, it this, this movie stretched the the time frame of, like, the musical influences and the saying. soundtrack. Ha- right? What was all the music I- on his Zoom? <laughs> it's all the music that's I mean, on his Zoom, right? <laughs> but, it, yeah, right? It's a Zoom, and yet he's got, like, pretty contemporary music from it and his, his no, yeah. I mean, I, there were times when I was like, this music is more about having us be like, ooh, I love that song, or ooh, that song. I'm not like, yes, this song is part of Star Lord's uh, library, or it speaks to him, or it's part of his like I, I don't know. I, I really felt like the music at times. I was like, as much as I love some of those songs, I was like, you know, like the the who put the the on a soundtrack? I've loved the the since the eighties, and it was great <laughs> to have them. But uh, I, it was awesome. But I, I don't know. I, there were times when I felt like it was a great song. Why is it in this movie? Um, so that was bothering me. And, you know, the, to me, the comedy was maybe overly broad in some places. I know that Guardians is a lighter, funnier. I mean, the MCU, we could have a whole, we could have a whole podcast about how the MCU is becoming more and more comedic with every movie in some ways, right? Um, I think the, the odd thing, and maybe it's just me, but like listening to you say that, I think part of the weird thing to me is it's not that it, it's comedic because Guardians, out of all of them, Guardians has always been one of the more funny ones. But it was yes. like so um, polarizing with how with the serious stuff. Like it, it, some of it didn't right. seem to mesh, I guess, well because it was so opposite. Like if they were like going to make extreme. the rest of it that silly, yeah. Like if they were going to make the rest of it that silly. Maybe they could have not gone so dark, but I mean, maybe that's why they made the rest of it lighter. I I don't know, but it it did seem like a lot of it sort of didn't belong. Like I I don't know. I just kind of with the whole movie, I did kind of feel like okay, we already know that he was experimented on. We already know 
that he was tortured. They didn't have to go into that great of depth of showing these poor little baby animals being being tortured and stuff. Like they well, could have done without it. Yep. And then it goes farther, and there are hundreds or possibly thousands of children literally in cages who have been genetically, you can call it genetically engineered, you can call it eugenics, right? Yeah. Like whatever this guy is doing, they're not willing to go so far as to show the torture or experimentation of children, but that's what that is. And yeah. I, I guess part of me felt like, wow, James Gunn, you're going there with this really heavy shit, but you're not really but you also want going... To and it doesn't... And not going the extra clear. mile to really say something. Because also that movie, this is not a movie that's teaching us a lesson about eugenics, the dangers of eugenics. Right. And yet it kind of is, right? Like, we have hundreds of identical children who are... Like, that's some really dark shit at the end that you don't really want to talk about, right? Let's make it light and yeah. relax, be there. Well, it's heroes, like, it's, it, it, there, is, there is a message. It's like, it's like eugenics bad. All right, Drax, say a joke. Make us laugh now. See, that's, we don't want to cry. Kind of, and I think that's kind of, at least for me, the, the one part, like I said, that I had a little bit of a problem with is that it was so dark and so heavy, and then, like, they expect you to laugh the next second. And that's why I kind of had to, like, separate it. But I know that I, like, you know, hate that stuff more than a lot of people, and usually it, like, bothers me watching that kind of stuff. So some of it I didn't know if it was just me or it was, like, in general. But it just doesn't yeah. really it, – it, it's two extremes in one movie instead yeah. of, like, meeting somewhere in the middle maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Now, there were parts that I liked about it also, right? Like, I I thought – there's a couple of really great action sequences, particularly near the end where they're basically fighting their way down a long hallway and, like, everybody has a different part to play in this fight as they advance down this sort of corridor. I thought that was yeah. really well. That was a really well done scene. I um, I complained to you guys while I was watching. I think I texted you. I said I'm sick of Gamora being such a gigantic bitch. She was really <laughs> Gamora was like. There are times in that movie that I was like, oh my god, shut up! You're such a bitch. The end of it, I was like, like I was really glad that they ended it with her. Not she doesn't come around to Quill. She's like, look, she's always like Quill. I'm not her. I'm not her. Right. And I and I appreciate that they didn't try some magical thing where she remembers him or melt like she softens a little bit towards him, but she's a ravager in the end, right? I mean, is she is she yeah. not whatever? But I, I kind you of appreciate they didn't have her magically fall in love yeah, with him. I did too. Yeah, I did too because you know she towards the end of the, you know through the movie she starts to see what her alternate self saw in him but she's not that person you know she doesn't have those experiences so she's not just gonna like go oh i love quill now you know it's not gonna happen and, and i'm glad they did it that way um i actually read a uh a, an interview with gun apparently his original plan was to actually kill her in the first movie before they the actually Guardians got movie? together yeah, the first Guardians movie. And then um, they uh, he changed his mind at the last minute. And then he kills her in, in, in Endgame. Well, he didn't kill her. Endgame? Well, he didn't, he didn't kill her. He, well, he was gone from there by then. Yeah, that, was, that was a decision by 
that was Kevin Feige, right? That that was that was yeah, Feige or whoever made that decision. That was not gone. Killer, yeah. Um, and then you kind of come back. And I, I think, I don't know if you, Jamie, or AJ agree, but I saw some similarity with, like, Gamora, the, like, the new Gamora, who's kind of the old Gamora, the alternate timeline Gamora, whatever you want to call her, doesn't fall in love with him. She's the same but different. It was a little similar to what happened with Nebula. When we saw those two Nebulas in, in the Avengers franchise, right, where, right. where the one – and she kind of comes around, but she's not that person. She's not the same nebula. Um, what do you mean? But she's – well, we had those two nebulas, and the one nebula is, like, pretending to be the first nebula, and she's going to, like, betray Gamora right. and all that, right? Um, and we saw yeah. – and then they sort of – they become friends. You know, Gamora's like, well, we became friends. And, and, and you know, she – like, we've seen that play out. Oh, I got what, you, I got what, you're, I got what you're saying. She, like, you, like, you like kind of, like, see that spark in her life. Like, really? We became friends? Like, you know, she has, like, you know, but then Nebula kills Nebula, so it doesn't really matter. Well, <laughs> so. I think the point is is that they still have the potential to become that character, but they don't have to be that right. character. Right, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, right. so it's still exactly. the same yeah. character, but not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I like that. Uh, and look, it was great to see Nathan Fillion, and boy, did he look young, huh? I mean, I don't know if Nathan Fillion is like growing backwards and magic. I think Nathan Fillion, uh, I, don't know how, I don't know how many episodes of the season there are, but uh, Jamie, I don't know if you're still watching The Rookie, but Fillion's showing his age. <laughs> like on The Rookie, he definitely. He definitely looks better in Guardian than he usually does on uh, the rookie. Um, right. Not that he still doesn't look good on the rookie, but um, I know I I know yeah. One I don't know if you know this, but something you have to know about Fillion, Nathan Fillion, and James Gunn are great friends. And Fillion oh, yeah? is in just he has a cameo in nearly everything that uh, Gunn has ever done. So. He wasn't. He didn't have a cameo in the first two movies. Actually, I think that he had a cameo, but you don't see his face in the second movie. But so he he said, you know, he's definitely going to have him in this movie. And and every cameo he has in, in a gun movie is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's almost like he okay. purposely finds the most ridiculous thing from filling in to do. <laughs> so okay, and so this is so not a cameo. That's, that's, this is like a. A role. Yeah, I mean, it was a little, it was a little, yeah, it was a little more than a cameo. Um, Yeah. In, uh, in like, um, uh, the second, uh, the second Suicide Suicide Squad movie, um, you know, you you think you have all, you know, like all these stars in this movie and like 20 of them die in the first five minutes of the movie and Fillion's one of them. One of them. I don't know if you guys saw the the Suicide Squad Mm -hmm. second movie, but. Yeah. yeah. So anytime yeah, you see he, Nathan Fillion in a, a James Gunn movie, he's not around for long. I mean, I, I, I think his role – okay, it's basically Nathan Fillion in a fat suit floating around and, yeah. and being comic relief. <laughs> and, yeah. and he saved it, right? Like, that's a part of the movie that could be cut, but it's Nathan Fillion. So we all, like, appreciate and love it. Exactly. And we all love Nathan Fillion. And, and for – especially, you know, I, I think for – fans of the Marvel universe in this movie, a lot of 
I think the fans know him from from Firefly for you know. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, if it was any other any other person played that, I'd be like, can we please cut the secret fat suit bouncing around? But I think it's Cillian, so it's it's great. And and yeah, you know, I, it was a it was a you know that whole sequence that happens on that planet made out of like living tissue or whatever. To me, it was very reminiscent of the first Guardians of the Galaxy when they get sent to that prison. And Rocket makes this whole plan for them to, like, escape yeah. from that prison ball thing. Um, there's always, like, an escape sequence early on in the Guardians film. And it was it yeah. was fine. It was fine. Um, and I guess I, you know, I also, other things I enjoyed about this, because I've been so critical, you know, they are consistent with Peter Quill. Peter Quill's, like, self-confidence is ridiculous. Um, and, yeah. and he, you know, they played true to that. Um, the way he thinks every woman will fall for his charms, the way he thinks he can shoot his way out of everything, he, you know, and he's kind of right most of the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. so this is James Gunn's last Marvel movie, right? He's going to the DC universe now. Yeah. He, he's running the DCEU. He's not yeah. going to it. He is con- in control of the whole yeah, he comic side is. of things. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I don't really watch DC stuff anymore, so. Because it's bad. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know that James the, Gunn can fix it. And he's already done some stuff, right? DC side, James Gunn? Yeah. Well, he did Suicide Squad, which is DC, right? Suicide Squad, that's what I was going to say. Well, he did did Suicide Squad before he became the boss. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, So, I don't know. I left this feeling like, you know, AJ and Jamie, you talked about the the end credit sequence, um, which was kind of dumb with, with, you know, even the serial or whatever. Star-Lord will be be back. I, I kind of took it to be, I mean, we all know that most of these are moving on. I kind of took it to be like, you know how the MCU likes to, they're sort of, I don't know, they're rebooting, but, you know, younger actors take over as the new, the new Spider-Man, the new Iron Man, the new Captain America. Will there be a new Star-Lord, a new person? Well, you, you know what? Shoes? Well, the Spider-Man thing was, you know what it could be? The movies because of the, who owned them and everything, yeah. not necessarily. I had a whole Sony thing, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, actually, I mean, the, the Star-Lord thing could be something as simple as um, as what if. I mean, he could show up in what if, and that's technically returning. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I think the point is, is it, it might be a little more of a. The rest of the Guardians are probably not. What? Yeah. I mean, for him, to, for him to return in something like what if, it's just voice work. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah, because it's animated, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking yeah. of Spider-Man, real quick, off topic real quick, um, the boys and I watched uh, Across the Spider-Verse the other day. Amazing. I've seen it. So it's good. A, yeah? It's not it's on Disney, really, right? you saw, I don't think it's going to be on Disney. Oh, oh man. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the status is with that. I know I know a lot of the Spider-Man stuff is coming on. Like a lot of it's already on Disney now. I don't know what their plans for Across the Spider-Verse is. But um, are you, did you see so. Into AJ, the Spider-Verse? I seen was the first it as good as Into the Spider-Verse? Which was amazing. Okay, I thought I was. Uh, I mean, okay, you, that was yeah, I wasn't movie. sure if you saw it. Yes, it was. 
it was just good. as good, if not better. Cool. I now I can't wait for the for the third movie. Oh my god, I gotta see that probably in the theater. I gotta find a place where it's still playing and get out there. Did you guys go to the theater to see it? I already saw it with a friend, uh, a couple friends in the theater, and then the boys and I watched. So we saw it at home. It's on TNT right now. It's what? Oh, it's so. on Xfinity. It's on Xfinity right now. No, video on demand. Like Amazon, like, you can pay, pay for it on Prime. You know what though? Right, you just said though, and that reminded me, Xfinity has one dollar um, weekend movie rentals. I should use it to get that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try to remember. It, it, it was, it was, it was really, good, yeah. really, really, really good. And now we've got yeah. to wait for God knows how long for Beyond the Spider Verse. Well, we're gonna years. have to wait a long Probably time years, for right? a lot of things. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. with 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 between the actor strike and the writer strike right now, God only knows. That's what I mean. We're gonna wait a long time for a lot of yeah. things. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. All right. Well, before we move on to Star Trek, what you got for us, Jamie? Anything? Anything? You've been watching um, anything new? You've been reporting anything yeah, new? I, What's up? I told you I had um, watched that um, Heart of Stone. With uh, Gal Gadot. Oh, yeah. I want to watch that. I really liked it, and it kind of reminded me of uh, that show, We and I can't now think of the name of it. I think it started with a C. That show that we were watching that was like spy show that was like going to take place in different countries, and there's like different versions of it. Citadel. Citadel. Yeah, Citadel. It kind of made me think of that a little bit just because of the idea that this, this group that it's about is like, not beholden to any one government or one country, and they're kind of like Jamie? there to protect people. When I saw the trailer, people. I thought the same thing. Yeah, so I kind of it made me think that this is maybe what that could have been. I mean, it's not the same <laughs> plot or anything, but the, the idea of that made me think about it. I, I just really like this. It's, it's good, but I mean, it's also Dude. a big budget movie. It's got you know big actors. Not I that the other one say. wasn't big budget. Don't get me wrong. Did the other it, one was uh, very big budget too. But, um, does it, yeah, does it look like a $300 million project? <laughs> I don't know if anything looks like a $300 million project to me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, but it, 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 it's got a good story. I, I enjoyed the story. I like the characters. It's, like I said, her and, um, what's his face? Jamie, um, help me out Dorn. here. What's his name? Yeah, Dorn? Jamie Dornan um, is, is the hmm. other main uh in it um and there's some other faces that are, are recognizable too but those are kind of like the main two but yeah i mean it, it's really good i so like when i see a movie like that like that's a movie that definitely could have been in the theater like i know it's a netflix movie but i mean it would have done i think good in the theater it was a good movie i actually think it would hmm. make a good series i wonder i don't know why but part of me wonders and i never looked it up to find out but to me it sounds like heart of stone makes me because her name is last name is stone but there's also a part of it called the heart and it's something in the show and it makes me think that sounds like something that comes from like a book series or something it may not be i'm just saying it sounds like it but i definitely could see like a you know it being a series yeah so so it was good i really liked it um cool and i watched witcher recently but you guys don't watch that. You know, so. <laughs> Alyssa, we don't right? watch that. I watch it. Oh, you, Alyssa, you watch it? in the I AJ household, watch. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I finally Alyssa, finished I, the new Witcher episode. 
Well, it's funny actually because Artie and I like we're, we're just we're kind of put off on it because of the whole thing with Henry Cale <clears throat> and <clears throat> and the fact that I read all the books, I played all the games, and the the creators of the show are pretty much like have been very vocal about how they feel like the right the writing of the books is bad and they're going to make they're basically going to do whatever the hell they want. Um, which is why Henry Cable, which is why Henry Cable left the show because he he actually brought it to them. He actually brought it to Netflix and was like, "I want to make this," and because he's read all the books and he's played all the games, um, and he you know was very unhappy with a lot of the stuff, which is why he left the series. And Liam Hemsworth is going to be taking over for season four. Um, but I gotta say, I so I was like, I was like, we should, I was like, I still want to watch this season, you know. And then we watched the first episode, which I thought was actually really good. And we haven't watched another episode since. And then I saw uh, second half of second half of Witcher is on Netflix now, and I was like, second half? I forgot the first first half. Wait, the second half of the new season's on. When did it come out? It must have just came out. The second half just came Apparently out. Just came out. Like maybe. A, Maybe like a week or two. And you ago. haven't watched the. You haven't finished watching but, the first half yet. I just finished. But the there first was only. Half. I didn't know the second half was out already. I gotta go watch it then. Yeah, um, it just came out like last week, maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, so, yeah. unless that's the the part I saw. I don't know. Unless I have you watched all. I didn't think, yeah, but anyway. Unless you watch. Unless you watched the whole thing. And I mean, how many episodes did you watch? Because I think there's only ten. Eight, I think. No. I think there was eight. You need to finish. Anyway, it was good. I like this show. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it without him. I don't know if it'll be as good. Um, well, he's supposed to play the same is, character, though, right? They're just switching. Oh the yeah, actors. yeah. He's just taking. Yeah, he's just taking. He's just taking over for Cable. Um, the funny thing is, apparently, since getting since being hired on for the role, Liam Hemsworth has started playing the games. So oh yeah. I figure he's going to be. He'll be around for season four, and that's it. And then they're gonna fire, and then he's gonna leave because he's gonna get pissed he off that they're not. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody yeah, also, quits. Yeah. 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 So. Well, it's a good show. It's definitely like a. Um, I don't want to say a heavy show, but it's like got a lot of. Um, it's confusing. Like sometimes that show makes me feel stupid. Really, honestly, because I can't remember who the people are when they say their names, and they're like, it's so much going on. So some of it I kind of just, like, tune out, and I'm like, it, does, I, it still makes sense, so it's okay. But I find myself, like, Googling who somebody is, who the actor is that they're talking about to put a face mm-hmm. to the name. Because it is definitely a very, um, like, fantasy-heavy, not in, like, the way Lord of oh, Rings yeah. is, but, but it's, it's got a lot going on, but it's good, and you don't yeah. necessarily have to understand every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Because I definitely I mean, like, wait, who's this witch they're talking about? What? I feel like I felt like yeah. that for half this season. But um, as long as you know the, the majority of what's going on, you're okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, but it definitely made me feel stupid a couple times. I mean, not so much towards the end of the season, but, like, when I started the season, I couldn't remember half the stuff. I'm like, what? I couldn't remember it, so... Yeah, there's but, eight. Okay, yeah. so yeah, there's there's eight eight episodes of season three. So yeah, they released the first four, and then like two weeks later, they released the second four. Oh, so okay. you've seen the whole thing. And I did see it all. Damn it, you made me think there was new. Yeah, no, then I did see it. I thought that there was a second half coming. I thought it was like the second eight. Yeah, because nope. I did finish it. So. 
right. why you well, need to before, because you, before you, you jump, didn't have that lapse. Yeah. Um, before you jump, Jamie, I got a couple things. So, um, yeah, because you want to talk about your interview that you did? Yeah. So, the Apple, so Invasion on Apple TV, the second season is dropping um, later this week, I think. Uh, this week or next week? Um, but yesterday I interviewed the director. So it's a 10-episode season. They operate with relatively few directors. I interviewed um, Alex Sakharov, who, de- who he directed four out of the first five episodes. Um, he's a, he, Alex directed, like, a bunch of episodes of uh, Game of Thrones. He directed, like, 38 episodes of The Sopranos. He's a guy whose work you might know without having never watched it. So he, he did this first block of invasion. So I watched the first five episodes and Jamie and I will have that interview up in the next several days, I guess. Um, that is a show. I know you guys, Jamie, you have watched a big chunk of it. AJ, you haven't. No, I haven't. Not that one. I want to, I have not had a time. I can't. Um, This show, I would say the reviews were mixed in the first season because it is slow it's one of those shows that shows you the invasion from the human perspective. Roman's like, what the hell is going on? And nobody has a clue, and you don't really see much of the aliens. But when you do, they're freaking visually spectacular. Um, and so, but that patience pays off in the second season as we begin to learn more about the aliens and and the humans adapt, the aliens adapt. It, I kind of like it, but it's... um. It's a show that I think appeals to people like AJ and Jamie and I, who we really enjoy the character development of an alien show, right? Like, it doesn't always have to be Independence Day, where there's all, like, it's always like, they're evil, we're good, let's mm-hmm. shoot each other. Yeah. Like, the only a lot of... Sometimes, and then I don't know, because I haven't seen this, but sometimes I think, like, like something like Foundation, like, it got so, <sighs> like, it was super slow. Yeah, yeah. Like, is, that's why the gas right? That is, you go always yeah. watch it all. So, yeah. But, yeah, but I don't know. I haven't no. watched I do want to see it. Um, Invasion is like, um, got to... Invasion is, is, the first thing Invasion is kind of great, like, so let's say you're having a bunch of problems in your life. You're, you, like, and you got a bunch of whiny kids and your husband's a jerk and whatever, right? And aliens invade. <laughs> well, your nine-year-old is still whiny and your husband's still a jerk, but now you're fleeing for your lives and you're stuck with these people. And your kids don't really get it. Your kids, are like, your kids are like, he's on my side of the car. And you're like, we're driving away from the aliens. He's on my side, right? Like, there's part of that. And there's part where, like, um, Shamir Anderson, who who we know yeah, from Planet Earth, he, he plays a soldier. And just because, like, he can't leave Afghanistan behind just because the aliens came, right? He still had all this trauma and shit. And so there's all that going on while people try to deal with the aliens, right? I don't know, AJ, would your kids stay on their side of the car if the aliens were chasing you? Or would they be like, oh, I don't have dad, that problem dad, anymore. Dad. Listen, listen, yeah, listen, listen this is very, this, this, this conversation is very similar to the zombie apocalypse story we've had, uh, conversation that the family and I have had. And I wanted to, it's going to be the same scenario. Um, Damon, you can't shut up long enough for them not to find you and eat you. So love you, kid, but nice knowing you. Um, Alyssa, you're too clumsy, so me, Artie, and Junie will do the best we can. (laughs) (laughs) You only have to run faster than your wife. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and, and anyway, funny, I, Damon is always like, oh, I'll, I'll eat the alien. And I'm like, okay. Or the zombie, because that, that was the conversation we had. And Alyssa was like, well, gee, thanks. And I was like, tell me I'm wrong. She's like, You're, I can't. <laughs> yeah, well, I would die because yeah. I fell and tripped on something and got eaten or something. Yeah. That would be what would happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had a nice talk with Alex Sakharov, and, you know, he had a long career as a cinematographer also, so we talked about some of the visual, the ways that his, his visual training informs his direction. And, um, I mean, I think it's a show that you guys would like. If you give it a couple episodes, you'll get hooked. Um, so that'll go up. Um, I also gave another crack at, so I think I told you guys a couple weeks ago when I watched Into the Night, which is a, a foreign language show on Netflix. I think it's, what language is it? Turkish maybe? It's a it's a show, no, it's French. Mm-hmm. It was a Belgian show. Into the Night is about, um, I told you about it. Into the Night is a show where, Something happens with the sun, and the sun's rays are killing everyone. And so these people aboard a plane at, like, they, oh, their, their plane happens to leave at midnight, and it turns out they have this to keep flying. in English a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to keep okay, flying west and, west and west and west and west to stay ahead of the sunrise, because if the sun hits them, they're going to die. And how long can they fly west, and can they find a place where they're safe? And it, it's really a pretty good – I really like well, it. It's pretty highly west, rated on Netflix. Eventually you'll, hit, eventually you'll hit the east if you go far enough. Yeah. yeah. It's like, can you stay ahead of the sunrise, and how long can you stay ahead of the sunrise? And is there fuel and whatever, you know? Well, that's um, an idea. And everybody yeah, yeah, on the plane is maybe not who they think they are. So it's a little lofty in that everybody on the plane, some people say who they are, and then it turns out they're liars. Anyway, um, that ran two seasons, or third season's not out yet, but there's a there's a companion series called Yakimov 37. Yakimov 37. It's a Turkish language series, and it's about people who are on a submarine when it happens and they come to the surface and the whole world is like gone and they realize they got to stay. They can only, when the sun's up, they got to be underwater and how can they like survive and could they, like they were, they were planned to be companions. Same people. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's an intentional companion series. It's in Turkish. I watch it dubbed into English or whatever started watching that, but I've only gotten to three episodes. So I feel like we talked about Citadel, which was meant to be in, like, multiple languages and, like, it's this big deal. And I, I feel like this was a little more – it's under the radar, and the second series came later, and it wasn't some su- sort of giant plan, and it's sort of like – I mean, I, I think the second – the submarine series maybe is not quite as good, but not finished with it yet. But, I mean, I think – it, when we're talking about these global, multi-language, multicultural, I feel like Into the Night and Yamakov, Yakimov, 57, whatever it's called, are sort of making a little more sense to me than something like Citadel. Well, Definitely Check out Into the Night and report back. And my, oh. and my final thing before Jamie has to go and we move on to the next thing, I started watching Cobra Kai, which is not sci-fi, it's not fantasy, it is the it is Cobra Kai is a series that that is like the next you know it's thirty years later of Karate Kid, but I mean for people who are my age and a little younger who like remember seeing Karate Kid in the movie theater and what a cultural you know 
moment that was for us, this series is great. I really, I've been putting off Cobra Kai for years, and I thought it was really, I loved season one. It was really good. Well, I've seen Karate Kid, but I don't think I've seen it in theater. I think it was a little, it's might have been funny. a little my time. I think I've seen it when it was out on. No, I'm with Cobra Kai. Yeah. Cobra Kai is one of those shows that's on my list, but I haven't started watching it. <laughs> it's like I always find something better to, to watch, in, at least in my mind. Um, but I, but people that have watched it, you know, they grew up in the 80s, like me and Karen, say it's really, really what good. So, I mean, it must be. I mean, you, I mean what's the five seasons? You, you were later 80s. <laughs> yeah. Huh? No, I was, it I came was out in 80s. 80s. I was, I was little. <laughs> but as I said, you were later 80s. Yeah. Jamie's yeah. a little younger. I mean, I like it. For those of us who saw Karate Kid, the first, the second, and even the third in the movie theater, and really remember what that was, you know. I mean, I think anybody can appreciate it, but I think really you have yeah. to have known the Karate Kid movies to watch the show. Yeah, most likely. Um, um, I got one thing before Jamie takes off. So I showed Artie a picture of you and Tom Ellis, and he was very jealous. Oh, <laughs> That was the other thing I was going to mention was about that. Yeah, he was really nice. He he seems like a really nice guy. Um, his panel was good too. Um, they did all their panels, but um, they were not. Although I got to say, I'm very confused because that was not the the rules I had heard before we went there. I thought that they just weren't allowed to talk about current or future projects. But basically, they did not were not allowed to say the names of the shows. Like, they would talk around it. They'd answer questions, but they talked around it. Like, you know, that show where he played the devil or something like that type of thing. Well, that's um, kind of funny. So yeah. It so was, I was just going to say, what was the – so there was a, it, was a panel for a, it was a panel for a show that's not on anymore? <laughs> no, yeah, no. The majority – they were just kind of like they asked questions about, like, their acting and stuff. But the, when the people got up from the audience, I mean, most of the questions were about Lucifer. Gotcha, he gotcha. Just didn't say Lucifer. But um, it was funny, though, because um, also, um, why am I lately? I just cannot think of names. Um, the other guy I met, Karen, help me here. I'm losing my mind today. Um, and Harry Potter. The Harry Potter one I got the picture with that I sent you. What is wrong with me? Seriously. Oh, Warwick Davis. You meant Warwick, Warwick Davis. Davis. Warwick Davis. I don't know. It's just it's too late, I guess, at night. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was funny. Um, he, I don't know why, what made him what made him say it, but at the beginning he's like, we'll just give them nicknames. So he started calling Harry Potter lemon cheesecake, and there was it was kind of like a running joke through the panel. Um, although, considering Harry Potter is not American, I don't understand what any of that had to do with the union, that it mattered, but that's you know, I don't know. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, their panels were good. Those were, because I mean, I saw a couple other panels. Warner Brothers. It's a Warner Brothers ones. production. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, but I um, I talked to Tom Ellis a little bit, though, because I, I got his photo and his autograph, and, and he was really nice. Uh, his daughter was there, too. He was embarrassing her during the panel. That was funny. <laughs> that's <laughs> always like, fun. People would ask him to sing a tiny bit or whatever, and, yeah, so that was cute. Um, There's nothing but, is more fun than embarrassing nice. children. They all seem really nice, though. And um, the one that plays uh, the Harry Potter, it was all the guy that plays Cormac Mc, Cormac McLoggan. Can't talk. 
was also there at the panel. Um, but yeah, but those were the two the two photos I got. But it was good. Great. It, it was for a local convention. I mean, it was. I guess supposedly, according to what I read, it's supposed to be one of the biggest ones. I don't know. I I always thought it was kind of a small one, but maybe it's just because it's local. I don't know. Um, but Ooh. it was it was over the weekend. We went the two days, and that was about it. All right. Oh. Well. All right. I need to get my photos fixed. I do need to do that. Okay. Well, have a good night, guys. All right. Enjoy talking yep. about Star Trek. You too, Jamie. Uh, We're going to Star Trek. Night. We'll. I don't know. We'll see what we're doing next week. <laughs> we'll figure out what we got next yeah, week. We're going to watch some if, new if shows. We're, if, we're, if we're doing anything next week. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen anything. So. Yeah, if you guys get All a right. chance to watch some new stuff. All right. Yep. Cool. All right. Have All right. Bye-bye. All right. Good night, guys. Night. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, AJ, we got to get on to Star Trek. we got two episodes. Um, yes. The first one, one amazing episode uh, and one very gritty episode. Which is not to say it's not good. You just mean it's Oh gritty. no, it was great. It was it was it was yeah. great. It was just it was gritty. Um so Rhapsody. Yeah. Oh Space Rhapsody. Actually. Um, um oh my god. All I gotta say is I did not know this going into it, but Christina Chong has an amazing voice. And that's uh La'an. Um apparently oh, yeah. She, apparently, she just released um, a solo album this month. Which, because oh, really? at first I was like, when I, yeah, I didn't, yeah. So when I heard her, you know, her, when she sang the first time in the episode, I was like, holy crap. I'm like, you know, everybody that's sang so far has been good, but she's amazing. So now I got to Google and I wanted to see what kind of background she has. And the first thing that pops up is that she didn't release a CD this month. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, okay, mm. that explains that. Apparently, she's always been very into music, and she's released her first album. Um, but I was getting so, annoyed the I... whole episode because I was like, why hasn't Uhura sang by herself? I mean, she's a Tony-nominated actress, you know? I was like, why is – what is – Artie's like, they're probably saving her for the, you know, for the last, you know, at the end. And that, sure enough, that's what they did. She, you know, she got that first – that last – you know, that really great number that she sang. Yeah, yeah. So Celia Rose Gooding is the actress's name. Thank you. And as you said, she was nominated for a Tony Award for, uh, she was in Jacket Little Hill Hill on Broadway, right? Um, And um, you just gave me the name of the woman who plays Lon, and I already just forgot it. Um, Christmas Chong. Yes. She, my understanding is that she, what I got from from what I read was that she was trained in musical theater and she was pursuing a career in musical theater and she had an injury um, that diverted her to act more straight acting. Um, I see. Is kind of what I what I read about her experience. Uh, I don't I forget what the injury was and why it I don't know if it was because she couldn't dance anymore or I mean obviously she's got a powerhouse voice right um, yeah she sings like she sings sort of the great love ballad of the uh, not a ballad but the great love song not the love song not so much a love song it's also that song that's about like could I be that person that would take a chance is the song that she sings right. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, I mean, so the premise is that, I mean, much like, it was a little bit similar. So, so like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the episode Once More is Feeling is sort of like one of the most famous musical episodes of any show ever, right? I mean, it's one of the kind of the first ones. And it's, it's also a show where the spell causes you not just to sing, but to sing your feelings. Which I guess is maybe all right. musicals. Like if you look back to musicals of the yeah. 40s and the 50s and stage musicals, you're singing your feelings, right? And so it causes everyone to sing their feelings. Um, it's impressive how everyone on this show can sing. Even people who can't sing can kind of sing, right? There's not like uh, – like in Once More with Feeling, the Buffy episode – most people sang. Famously, Alison Hannigan didn't want to sing. Is she dubbed or she has a lot of studio support? I forget. Because um, she was not confident in her voice, which is totally fine. Nothing against Alison Hannigan about that, right? Um, not everyone always wants to sing. I did not know also that Rebecca Romaine um, is a singer. I mean, her singing was great yeah, in this has, episode. Yeah, she has musical background. Yeah, I read that. So I, I, I looked up. She went to college to study voice. Before she went into modeling, she was studying voice in college. Um, so she has this. She sings this very sort of like Gilbert and Sullivan, like HMS Pinafore-esque kind of thing that she sings twice, really. Um, I, I mean, I thought it was kind of great. I, I kind of I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I loved it. It was fun. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and it was great that everything, you know, and I like, I like it when the shows do this and it makes sense within the confines of the show. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of shows yeah. out there that do musical episodes that make just, they just start singing for no reason, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I like and, when and it's in the confines reason. of the show. Yep. And then later, like they start to realize, like people start singing and then they realize, um, that they might start singing. Like, uh, like sometimes, you know, in other kinds of musicals, purely stage musicals, people sing for no reason, and they're not aware maybe that they're singing. Like, look at West Side Story. They start singing, but they're not like, let's sing now, right? They just sing. Yeah. And in, in Star Trek, peop, like, they're aware that the subspace anomaly, I'm calling it that, but whatever it is, could cause them to sing and could cause them to reveal their feelings. Like, I liked that conceit that they knew the danger, but couldn't avoid it. Right. Right? Like, that was kind of cool. I mean, the Buffy episode was that there was a spell. Yeah, I love the the fact that, 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 you know, her is like, this is how we defeat it. We have to have this huge grand finale. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Pike yeah. Is like, wait, what? Like, you got to get the whole <laughs> ship to sing. Right? It, and it's this very sort of like, if you've watched like old time movies, it was kind of like Mickey Rooney telling Judy Garland, we have to have a show. Let's do a show. Like the only yeah. way to, you know, the only way, we, the only way we can raise money to save the farm is by having a show. And it's sort of that sort of thing where she's like, I'm telling you, Captain Pike, we gotta, we need more voices. We gotta sing. Um, yeah. It, it was, and I love the, the, uh, the Je- I love the Jessica Bush number, uh, Nurse Chapel. Her oh, number yeah. was really good yeah, too. That, her number was really good. And her number was really, um, 
I mean, it was one of the biggest sort of product. It was like a production number, right? Like a lot of people sing solo. This people are forced to dance. She's, you know, she's she's lifted um, in a very like material girl kind of a way, or diamonds are a girl best friend kind of way, where she's she's lifted. She she sings, she dances. She everyone who's in it's not ten forward, but whatever that lounge is called on this ship. Um, like I, it's a, it's it's the big production number of the of the episode, I think, um, which I like yeah. a lot. Um, I mean, I think that, and, and I give credit to somebody like like Anson Mount, who who plays Captain Pike. Um, he he does less singing, and I don't I don't know if that's because he didn't want to sing or because it's not appropriate for the cap like like it was a the way he sang, and he has that like kind of hilarious thing where he's he's on the bridge and he's giving up his feelings to Marie on the other show. Oh, that was um, that was hilarious. <laughs> right, like he was he was giving it his all. Maybe like I don't know how much Anson Mount can sing, but I know that Christopher Pike can't sing, and it was very I think it was very Pikeish in the way that like maybe Anson Mount is not a singer. Maybe he is. Maybe he does want to sing, maybe he doesn't. But I know that Chris Pike doesn't want to sing. And it so it felt like it made sense to me, right? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, like. Yeah, no, yeah, I get what you're like, saying. Yeah, it made sense that he didn't sing a lot because he didn't want to. <laughs> right. And, and I don't know if Anson Mount didn't want to, but I know the captain didn't want to. Whereas somebody like, somebody like, like, I mean, Uhura has been showing feelings for a long time on the show. And Lon has been keeping feelings in for a long time on the show. It makes sense for them to sing. I mean, Spock sings, which is amazing, right, to see, like, Ethan Peck, uh, who is a decent singer also, but for Spock to – I mean, singing is emotional, right? That's pretty – and they're, they're sort of a legit – I mean, is the storyline legit? I mean, that's this sort of, like, there's this subspace – cloud thing, I forget what they're calling it, that's causing it. And there's actually a bunch of science going on to try to figure it out. Um, I love the scene with the three engineers. The three engineers where um, they sing where Carol Kane as Pella. Pella? Pellia? Um, She's an, uh, Carol, Kane's, Carol Kane's another one that has musical history. Yeah. Um. There's a scene, so I don't know that much about Carol Kane's um, singing experience, but I, I'm totally taking you at your word for it. Um, I'm talking visually where we sing. She sings with Laon, Spock, and and Pel, Pelia sing together, and it reminded me a little bit of like a um, of of Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, in the video when you see the, you, yeah. know, you see the yep. three of them singing together, yep. and they're making very serious faces, like, uh, uh, visually it was kind of cool also. Um, I mean, the the plot was secondary, right? Yeah. This whole idea about this improbability field and because they sent a musical message to the aliens, suddenly they could only sing and it, it sort of was like all over the place. Um I love that they have Kirk on board for this, right? Remember, Kirk was there. Um, um, yeah, that was um, 
Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, God, what the hell's his name? The guy who plays him, Paul Wesley? Paul Wesley, thank you. <laughs> um, if I remember correctly, there was a it was, he's already done a singing episode on Vampire Diaries. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I, I think I feel like there was definitely a singing episode on on VD at one point. So he sings. I mean, he sings with Number One, where they do that sort of like Gilbert and Sullivan esque kind of thing that I they sing together, right? Um, and I think he sings again late. I mean, everybody sings again later in the in the final episode, in the final production number. Um, but I mean, obviously the two Laon. That's the big. Uh, I mean, hers is the big song, and Celia Rose Gooding as Uhura they sing. Um, but there is a there's a major story point. Remember the major story point with Kirk and Laon in this? I mean, like it's a yeah. musical, but there's a huge thing that happens, right? She like, tells him about the time travel. Yeah, and he tells her that his girlfriend is pregnant. Right. Yeah. Which is a which which right? I thought which I totally which I totally saw that coming because as did you you know viewers of the original series we already know that he marries her and has a son. <laughs> well, from the original series and from the movie, it's like in the second or third movie yeah. where he has this very angry son, right? Um, yeah, well, it's Wrath of Khan because Khan kills his son. Yeah. Yep. Um, the son is named eventually the son her name is he says her name is Carol um yeah, and they have yep. a son eventually the son is david um yep. and 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 Spock knows about it in the wrath of Khan but so and so I am not a student I've seen those movies I don't remember them that much I'm not a student of the movies, so I did read up on this um and I mean you don't have to read on this to know that in the original series and in the early movies that starred Shatner, Kirk is like a ladies' man, right? Kirk is always, like, romancing uh-huh. all these alien women, and he's got all these women right and left. And in the original series and in Wrath of Khan, he's sort of this, like, I don't want to say irresponsible, but he, he's not ever really worried about that kid or been a presence or whatever. And And this sort of, I mean, there's so many ways that this show is resetting canon. And the next episode does also, we'll talk about that. But the idea that he's like, oh, she's pregnant. I can't really, like, on. I've got this girlfriend, blah, blah, Like, this is a more thoughtful and responsible Kirk, right? Like, for for you, knowing that movie better than I do, yeah. does this change the way you feel about that at all? No, because I, I, I misspoke. Because by the time we see Wrath of Khan, she's his ex-wife. I don't know so if he ever married her, would, does he? Does he ever, is she his ex-wife you know or does his ex-wife you might, be, you, you might be right. I, I thought she was his ex-wife. I could be mistaken. But, I mean, I see it as maybe she, well, you know what, maybe, you know, because of Kirk and how Kirk is, she was like, listen, we're, is, you know, he's your son, but this isn't going to work. Because we know that he's, he's kind of estranged from his son. He's not really close with him. They, they have no um, relationship we, you know, later when we meet them, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think maybe part of, you know, maybe part, you know maybe Kirk wasn't always the womanizing scoundrel we see in the original series, that because, of, you know, maybe she broke his heart and he was like, screw it, you know? 
Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and whether so the or not we get to thing, see that through this, I yeah. don't know. But the other huge thing that happens is that that during a song, Chapel breaks up with Spock. Like she's singing about yeah. how she's like, I got the fellowship. Well, I can't wait to go. I'm yeah. I'm so excited, and they, <laughs> yeah. and they break up, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Pretty much. It, it's kind of a big break up. It's kind of dumb because she's only going for like four months, right? Uh, and then she'll like they say it's only like several months and she'll be back, and and it's a little like do you have to break up because like you're in Starfleet, you're I away think, all the time. You know what though. There was more to it. I mean, there's there's more to yeah. it than just that. I mean, Spock has been, you know, like, Spock has been very, I mean, for a, I mean, for a Vulcan, Spock has been very needy. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's way more human than any other Spock we've ever seen, right? Yeah. Well, he's experimenting, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like his college years. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean I the thing like about that real- storyline is, the thing about that storyline is, we know it's not going to work out anyway, so. Right. We know they don't end up together. We know he gets married. Um, but, you know, I kind of like the way they're flipping it. I, I think that, okay, we know where Spock is going in the storyline, but I, I think... And we know that, you know, we've seen Chapel on the original series. I, I think we probably all, you know, you could reasonably assume that that Spock is a he's, he's a Vulcan. He's he's cold. He's logical, and and we might have assumed that he would break up with to see Chapel break up with him, and for him to be hurt. And like, that's not a thing that maybe I expected to see in Spock's storyline that he that she would break up with him so she can pursue her career and that he would be like feeling bad about it. It's a thing that happens in this episode. That's a little surprising to me, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he's leaning, this Spock is leaning hard into his human emotions and, and, yeah. them and she's like, whatever, it's going to hurt, but I got to do what I got to do. I got logic tells me I got to go pursue my career. Um, I mean, it's coming on the heels of last week's episode where Chapel had to re-experience the Klingon War. But anyway, it was great. It was really well done in that song. That song really, you know, seeing Chapel be like, ooh, I got it. Yeah, it was really good. It was really. um, It was great because it's not. I mean, not only did it, you know, it wasn't just you know to have a singing episode. It it furthered the storylines too because of, you know, the emotions and what took place during the songs. Yep. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things was where, where, where Pike sings to Marie, and he actually, like, part of their storyline has been that, that he, he, won't, he won't ever say that he likes her or that he loves her or that he cares about her. And he's forced to, he gets down on his knees, right? And he also says, like, yeah. I hate camping. Or, or I only like camping. I'm yeah. not going to a resort. And he's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to your resort or whatever. Yeah, that was funny. Those two, those two are a oh. mess. Um, yeah, so, and they're even more of a mess in the next episode. Yes, I mean it, it's really kind of great how they we had a heavy episode last week. We had this great, great musical episode that is very light, and then we go into this 
final episode of season. And it's the Born. Which is very, very um, good. Yeah. Damn Born. Yeah, we have the Klingon War, a musical, and the Gorn, which is like, holy crap, Star Trek, what are you trying to do to us, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Talk about a roller coaster. Yeah. How did you like this episode with the Gorn? I thought it was really great. Um, and for me, the highlight of the episode was Ortegas when she was flying them down to the <laughs> I was like, she is having, everybody else is like, like their faces are pulled back. They're all like, oh my God. And she's smiling and like sitting forward going, woohoo. <laughs> yep. I also love that. I thought that was fantastic. And I loved how, you know, when she says to Pike, I thought you were a test pilot. And he goes, yeah, I was. And then he says, you were born to this, Ortegas, which she was. I, I mean, that was a highlight. Um, yeah. I'm glad they bought, brought the Gorn back. The Gorn, so the Gorn have been part of Star Trek since the original series, right? Except in the original series, yeah. they, remember they used to kind of look like Slee Stack? Remember the Slee Stack from Land of the Lost? They yeah. Look like yep. Slee Stack. Yep. Um, they were humans in lizard suits. Um, now, you know, the visual effects have changed. But, you know, there was such a heavy, like, horror and fear of them earlier on in the in the series and we had that whole episode where Laon was raised on Laon was raised on a breeding planet, right? And I'm glad they brought it yeah. back that they didn't forget it. We kinda of forgot about it. Like I forgot about right. it the last like four or five, six episodes, right? The whole season yeah. maybe. I'm glad they brought it back. Um a bunch of like major stuff happened. I wanna ask you about it. Where do you think any of it's going? Um I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, I think Marie's a goner. I think that will play into Pike's future. Um, hmm. I mean, she's gonna she's gonna be a non she's gonna be a non factor for a while um, because she's well, she's be being put into a coma or kind of stasis, yeah. right? To yeah, keep like, the gorn like from growing in her body. Um, but I kind of like what you said, like how that's going to affect Pike, because we know where Pike is going. Like, like Pike eventually has to end up where he does in um, the original series, where he's disabled right. and, and then he's killed. And we've seen his, his visions of it, and, and we know that he's not going to. So when you say it's going to play into his future, like, do you think that losing, do you think he's going to lose Marie? And losing Marie will play into his acceptance of his fate. Is that what you're saying? Or did I just put a whole bunch of words in your mouth? Maybe. No, that's 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 fine. I I was being more vague, but yeah. (laughs) Because they're just they're just starting to actually open up, right? Like he's been dating Marie for a while. He really likes her a lot. He he he's been very closed off, and he just either through song or through he's you know he's he saved her. She saved him. So, like, yeah, there was all that. Um, we also, God, I love how this show is introducing people from the series. So we met Scotty. How'd you feel about that? Oh, my God. I was, I actually squealed. I, uh, or squeaked <laughs> or whatever you want to say. Were you like, what? Um, yeah, like, like he's like, who are you? He's like, oh, sorry. He's like Montgomery Scott, and I was like, oh. 
yeah. <laughs> like I didn't see it coming. Like the I did the, not either. The, uh, I did not see that coming. The uh, the accent didn't really trigger me until he said his, Scott, his name was Montgomery Scott, and I, that's all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, how did I not realize where they were going with it? I thought that was great. I loved it. I thought that I was mean, so I, great. I think, I think well, he has a Scottish accent, previous other Scotties, and I think we're all a little swayed by. We've all seen the um, the the J.J. Abrams movies, right? And we saw the way yeah. Scotty was introduced and became friends with Chris Pine version of Kirk in those movies. Um, and it's a totally different play. I mean, granted, he's not meeting Kirk in this. He's meeting Pike, but he certainly is meeting other people from the Enterprise. I'd say it's a totally different movie. I did not expect them to be meeting him. I, I felt so also when I heard his little accent, his little accent, when I heard him say his first few lines in a Scottish accent, I didn't, I didn't catch it. Until he says it. Um, I also loved where it turns out that he's a student of Pelia. I love how they're integrating yeah. Carol Canis Pelia into the backstory, right? Yeah. Um, and they've made Scotty a genius again, and how he can fix all this stuff and whatever. But I, I mean, I love that introduction. And and they they had to stretch it. It was a bit of a stretch, but they did it where he's from a different ship. And he managed to like get through the debris field, and he shows up, and he, the way that he joins up with the Enterprise, was a little a bit of a stretch, but I, I, it made sense. I could accept it, I think, and I guess he might stay with them next season, maybe, right? Like I, I don't know. Or would I don't know they, how they're gonna do it? Or would they send him off into Starfleet because it's important that he later meets Kirk in a different way, right? Like, James Kirk is not on this ship. Um, right. And the way the Enterprise gets its crew later, who knows, right? But I love that. Um, the Gorn were super scary, right? I thought the Gorn were really scary in this. And there's an element in which the Gorn might be not acting the way we expect, right? Like every every step of the way, yeah. Lon's like, trust me, this is not normal. Trust me, this is not normal. Trust me, not normal. Nobody really listens to her, particularly Marie. Marie's like, shut up. And then in the end, in the end, pretty much almost like everyone, like a bunch of people get abducted by the Gorn. Ortegas. Well, the whole, everybody except for Kirk, Spock, and, and Chapel, right, is abducted pretty much? No, eh, maybe not. Ortegas is down there. Scotty is down there. All the civilians are down there. All the, uh, whoever escaped, like, there's a bunch of people abducted. Um, it seems pretty big, pretty huge, like it's the Klingon level of enemy, they're kind of worse, right? Like, because the Klingons, you could actually talk to once in a while. The Gorn don't communicate at all, right? Like, when the Gorn communicate, they send a lot. They send a, a map with a line, but don't come past here, right? Gorn are, I don't know. You, so you have watched a lot more Star Trek than I have, and so... You know, in terms of the movies and everything, and I don't know if you feel like this version of the Gorn is making sense to you, scarier, like um, scary, like 
Oh, it's definitely scarier. I mean, like you said, they look like fleece stacks in the original series, so. Yeah, yeah. Who can take a, nobody can take a fleece stack seriously. And now they're like velociraptors, um, right? Yeah, which is definitely uh, a lot more uh, in line with, with how everybody's so terrified of them. Yeah. I mean, Leon is definitely, I feel like, I mean, there were a couple of people like Ortegas and Dr. Mbango were both like, oh, we did this in the war. We can, you know, I mean, their war background is going to be helpful, but I don't know. I I think next season is the last season, right? Is season four going to be the last season? We don't know that yet, but. I don't how... think that they've, well, we talked about this last week. They can go six seasons. If, yeah. if each season's roughly a year. Yeah. I mean, maybe, a little, you know, maybe, maybe it's go a little more than a year. I mean, I mean like, right now of, I think... Go ahead. Question of what? How long can Christopher Pike continue to live, right? Like, Pike, we know from the original series how long Pike lives, like, what happens to him, and when, like, Kirk rises as the new captain of the of the... Enterprise, Enterprise, and we're only about we're only about like five years out from that, right? Like Pike has maybe maybe maybe, maybe, six, maybe all right, we're all right. This is this is season two. This is season two, so we still got about five or six years before the original series. I mean, timeline wise, you think there's five or six years before like we get to like the zoo, kind of you know yeah. the pilot of yeah, right. So we'll see where that goes. I mean, I I interrupted you talking about the Gorn. Maybe you were done. I don't know, but um, no, I was done. I like the Gorn as a new villain. Like I think that that Discovery and Strange New Worlds did a lot with the Klingon as the enemy. We went all through the Klingon War with Discovery, and later, you know, the show has the fallout. Um, and I think that the Klingon War is kind of played out in terms of this show. Uh, played out. I mean, the Klingons are always a good enemy, but that war has kind of been done, right? And the idea, I, I like them bringing the Gorn as this new, like, really big foe. And there is the po- we haven't seen it yet, but the possibility is that we'd have to partner with the Klingons to defeat the Gorn, right? Because the Gorn was just Speaking never of the Klingon, Gorn or not. Oh my God. I can't believe oh my God. Speaking of the Klingons, <laughs> speaking of the rapping Klingons, I forgot about the rapping oh Klingons. Oh my goodness, that was fantastic, wasn't it? That was amazing. So, so I read that they shot two versions of that. They shot the rapping Klingons, and and they shot a Korean boy band Klingons. And they decided this one was the better one to include in the show. It was amazing, wasn't it? It was so cool. I that was the hilarious. How the, the end where the Klingons were like embarrassed they had done it, right? I mean, I think every musical number, the character who sang it was a little embarrassed, but the Klingons were hilarious. That was. I actually i I rewound it and watched it twice before I moved along. I was like, I gotta watch that again. I gotta watch that again. That was so. I'm gonna watch it again. Like, we I hung could, up. I'm gonna watch it again. 
like it was so great when 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 Pike said that the Klingons were coming. He's like, the last thing we need is you know is them here coming here and having this happen to them. Artie and I are both like singing Klingons. Singing. I was like, oh my god, please Klingons, hurry up! I want to hear singing Klingons. Yeah, the last thing they want is singing Klingons. No, please bring it. Oh my god, it was it was hilarious. It was it was definitely a highlight of the episode, but and totally made sense. It was not like gratuitous. It yeah. wasn't stupid. It totally made sense that that would happen. I, lo- I loved I loved the look on the Klingons' faces after they after they got them singing. They all looked around at each other like, "What the hell was that?" They were so like rueful and 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 like they didn't like they knew they couldn't control themselves and they didn't mean to do it. And like earlier, yeah. it appeared earlier in the episode where the where the Klingon commander was like, "Why are you trying to make us do this?" And you know, we didn't see it. It was fantastic. That was a definitely. Yeah. An inspired part of the episode, for sure. Love that. So oh, to answer your question, so, though, um, yeah, it's going to be. I think, I think, I think, yeah. Obviously, um, the way the episode ends, yeah, I definitely think we're going to see some semblance of uh, down the road of the Klingons and the Federation combining forces to take the, of the Gorn because the Gorn don't care about nobody but themselves. I mean, so. the Gorn could easily take out a whole Klingon planet also, right? They've got this new thing oh, yeah. where they, Absolutely. they drop their, they drop this, like, little tower on the planet, and you can no longer do a transporter, you can't shoot, you can't communicate, whatever. Like, that would hurt the Klingons. Like, we, we've got to come together to try to defeat them, for sure. I also think having Marie in sick bay, there might be some... I don't want to say they'll do experiments on her, but they might learn something from Marie being in sick bay. I'm not convinced she's a goner. I, I'd say 90% she's a goner, 10% they learn something and bring her back. I don't want them to mm-hmm. because I think I, I want them to because I think first of all there need to be consequences from stuff happening, right? And people have to die in order for it to mean something. Um, we also know that Pike doesn't necessarily go forward with a with a girlfriend or a wife, um, and she does not become a force in Starfleet that we're aware of, right? But right. I mean, I think she could die, but I also think they set it up so much for her to die that means she won't die immediately. But without them learning something yeah. that helps them, to, I mean, she's infected with the Gorn eggs, right? Um, and the Gorn are like, they put their egg in you and then they explode. It, it's very much like the movie Alien. They they hatch and explode out of your body. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know that we're going to see that on this show. This is not that show, right? Maybe it is. <laughs> I, don't know. I think they might learn something before she dies or she might. I don't know. It could go either way, but we know she's not long for the Star Trek universe. In five years, there's a whole new bunch of characters take over. So, yeah. Anyway, all right. So this show is done now. I don't know what we're going to cover next week, but we're going to find something, right? Yes. Stay tuned, folks, because we don't know what we're doing yet. <laughs> but there's a bunch of new stuff to talk about. So. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll find something. Out. We're going to help you all get through the strike. The strike doesn't just affect us. It affects everyone, and we were going to find some stuff to watch. All right. 
Well, you have a good week, AJ. All right, well, you too, Karen. Thank you, all, everybody out there in podcast land. We will hopefully be doing this again next week. So stay right. tuned to Talk. Blog Talk Radio, and we'll, maybe we'll be here. Maybe we won't. <laughs> Keep down your toes. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Great. Bye. Bye.